Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Global Director of Public Relations at Zebra Technologies, and I'm here today with Becky Brooks, Zebra's new Director of Global Channel Development. Becky has been in the tech industry for over two decades and has seen firsthand the contributions that women have made to the growth of the industry. She's also a fierce advocate for gender equality and co-chairs our Women's Inclusion Network in EMEA. We look forward to speaking with her today about the opportunities that women now have to build careers in the tech sector, even if they don't have a science, technology, engineering, or math, or STEM as we know it, background. Thank you for speaking with me today, Becky. Thank you, Therese. It's great to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. First off, I want to say congratulations on your recent promotion. You've been at Zebra for over 20 years, and that's a very long time to be at one company, especially in this day and age when people are often advised to switch companies every so often to accelerate career growth. What has made you stay? Well, Therese, when I joined the company in 1998, it was very different to to what it is now. Um, I remember we had about 1,500 people in the company worldwide. And I think we've got over 8,000 now. Um, mm-hmm. Our share price um, when I joined was about $17 a share. And we just hit over $500 a share this month. And the mm-hmm. other thing, when I joined, we were you know, just literally a single product company. Our core products were printers and supplies. And now... You know, we have a huge portfolio of hardware, not just printers, scanners, mobile computers. We have software, we have services. So, you know, in many ways, the company's changed so much. It feels a little bit like I've worked with several different companies. And just to add, you know, in my time at Zebra, I've done seven different roles with the company. The one uh, I recently moved into is my eighth role. I've done individual mm-hmm. contributor roles um, and also mm-hmm. leadership roles. So, you know, leading and managing people. So I think, you know, my time with Zebra has been a real journey for me and obviously the company. And I've really grown up with with that journey. Mm-hmm. Quite an evolution for Zebra and you. Definitely. Do you feel like there are more opportunities for women in technology than there were when you started your career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) I started my career in the 1980s. So just imagine how much the tech industry has changed since then. Now, I see a lot of companies, whether tech companies or companies in other industries that are outwardly communicating on social media about you know diversity and inclusion and celebrating the success of women in their teams Um, and I have some really good examples close to home Um, I co-lead the women's inclusion network for Zebra and EMEA and uh, one of our core team members um, is a really fantastic young woman she joined Zebra last year in EMEA uh, and she Mm -hmm. came in as a graduate Um, She has a degree in engineering and she's in our uh, technical uh, sales uh, uh, engineering team. And 
Another example of seeing women in technology just a little bit more close to home is uh, a few months ago, our dishwasher at home broke down. Um, and those, you know, those kind of consumer products are, are not mechanical. Uh, they're, they're kind of digital. You know, some of them are connected to the internet, right? Um, and, uh, we, you know, we, we called in, we said we need our dishwasher repaired. Uh, and they said, oh, oh we think it's a, you need a new board. So, okay, we called out an engineer and the engineer was a woman. So, you know, mm. I definitely see more women in technology. Those are great examples. What excited you, Becky, most about technology when you were growing up and going through school? Um, so when growing up, you know, for me, I was very much influenced by what my parents were doing. My mother was a nurse and my father uh, was in a sales and marketing role. He worked for an, an oil company and they make products for the motor industry. Um, and I was really fortunate because um, my dad, as part of his role in marketing, um, to raise brand awareness in the industry, arrange sponsorships of car rally teams and motorcycle racing teams. Um, so as a teenager, I used to go along to these race meets with my dad uh, and, you know, used to go along with my little sister as well. Uh -huh. um, so it was great fun. Um, and we would go along with my dad, obviously, because his company was sponsoring those teams. Uh, we had access to VIP areas. We could go in the pit lanes. We could meet the drivers. We could see the cars. Um, and I remember listening to my dad talk to his uh, technical and development teams who would always uh, be there. Um, you know, the, uh, because it was an oil product that um, a lot of the technical development teams were chemists. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I really heard about that talk about how they develop products and really refine those oil products to enable the cars that those oils were going into to be the best that they can be, to perform, you know, um, in, in the best way possible, um, to race faster and to enable these teams to, you know, win. Um, but also these products were uh, for the general uh, public, for domestic cars and also motorcycles. So that kind of um, experience with my dad gave me an understanding of how science and technology can create um, and enable better performance for things like, you know, motor cars, motorbikes, and so on. And obviously, because he was in sales and marketing, he really influenced my choice of a career in marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With your background in marketing, I'm curious what compelled you to take on this new role in support of the channel business in particular? Um, well, for me, channel has been a constant throughout my career. Most of the companies <laughs> I've worked for have sold products through channel. Um, I started out in the building industry, for example, um, the company I worked for manufactured and sold roofing products. And that company sold their products through roofing contractors and builders merchants. So kind of a channel. Um, 
The other industry mm-hmm. that I moved on to after that was the design industry. So that company manufactured graphic arts products um, for use by graphic designers and design agencies. And again, we sold those products through dealerships. Again, a different kind of channel, but it, it's the same kind of principle, right? So, um, so moving on to Zebra, I kind of I had an awareness um, of the role channel plays. Um, and since Zebra is such a channel focused company, um, that kind of, you know, uh, channel centricity has already been there. So even if my background has been in marketing, it's always been in companies and surrounded by uh, a, a channel go to market approach. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. What value do you believe the channel brings to companies, whether they're large like Libra or just getting started? Um, well, really, it's quite simple. It's about scale. So a channel enables any company, large or small, whatever the product, you know, I've talked about roofing products, I've talked about graphic design products, and, and also technology, um, you know, in the case of, of Zebra, and even the all all products that my, my dad sold of, uh, a part of his company were sold through dealerships. Um, and the benefit is really it enables companies to serve more customers across different industries, markets, or geographies. Your manager, Jeff Partell, joined us recently on, a, on this podcast and spoke a lot about Zebra's channel strategy. However, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what it takes to build and sustain a successful channel operation. How do you build trust with partners and keep them engaged enough to support your business for years on end, especially in considering that competitors may be trying to team up with those same partners? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And, you know, I can, I can say for sure that, um, I've been Zebra with Zebra for many years, as we were saying earlier. And, you know, I remember some of the channel partners I met in my first few weeks with the company. Some of them I know are still with us. Um, So that's really testament to Zebra in maintaining those relationships and making sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, their approach keeps that channel um, uh, satisfied and and supported. Um, But for me, it's about three things I would say Um, one is about building trust um, honesty integrity you know do what you say you're going to do and then uh, deliver on time and if something isn't quite going to go so well be honest you know keep um, keep people informed keep partners informed I think communication is really really important Second thing is really mm-hmm. adding value and opportunity to the partners. You know, mm-hmm. I think looking back to my roles in channel marketing, um, we would um, do uh, uh, initiatives and efforts to enable our partners and we'd share best practices um, in sales, in, in marketing and, and business development. Um, and the other thing, of course, is to continue to bro- provide a range of market-leading products and solutions that enable our, our channel to grow their business um, with their customers and also enable them to develop new business with new customers. Um, and the third thing really is collaboration. 
um, and making sure that we have forums and ways for our channel partners to give us their feedback. Um, you know, it's about partnership at the end of the day. Uh, and that relationship is really key. So, you know, whether it's through surveys, events, advisory councils, or via sales teams, giving the opportunity for our partners to collaborate with us and communicate is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. There's been a lot of discussion in recent years about what it takes to create a more inclusive culture in technology. How do some of those best practices translate into channel marketing or management roles specifically in your view? So I think being IND aware helps us understand the different needs of the channel partners we serve. So, you know, when we think about what we do in channel marketing, we need to make sure we're serving our, our entire ecosystem. We have thousands mm -hmm. of partners some are multi-million dollar size companies and some are startups, you know, just with two people. Um, so the needs of the small company and the needs of the large company are going to be completely different, but they're still all going to be reselling our products. So I think when we're doing uh, activities and initiatives around channel marketing or managing our channel, we need to be mindful of that diversity within our ecosystem um, we need to consider things like you know when we're doing sales incentive programs for example um, what would motivate a salesperson in one size company versus another we need to be mindful that many of our partners obviously are in different countries with different languages and different customs and cultures so especially mm -hmm. when i think about in channel marketing you know, we're producing materials to promote our products and uh, materials for our partners to reuse in their own marketing. We need to be really sensitive for, for things like uh, imagery and, and photography. You know, are we putting out there perhaps uh, images or uh, photographs of, of um, our products being used in certain markets such as retail? you know, are all the people in those shops all female or all male? So, you know, I think it's about being mindful and aware um, that there is diversity in our channel. Um, and that IND awareness obviously helps us with that understanding. Right, right. Are there any changes that you hope to elicit specifically as a woman leader in the tech industry? Yeah, um, I mean, I think we're doing some great things as a company in committing to setting up inclusion networks like the Women's Inclusion Network that I'm involved in. You know, we're really using it as a platform to enable open and conversations and sometimes difficult conversations, which is great. Um, but I would really love to be able to reach and encourage the younger generations to think about you know what they want to do and not feel there are any boundaries or that their choices are limited either because of their gender or or who they are great shifting gears a bit i read a stat the other day that said only 22 percent of students today can name a famous woman in tech i feel like that's a call to action to tech companies and others to better celebrate women's accomplishments 
I know you're a co-chair for Zebra's Women Inclusion Network and EMEA. What other initiatives are being taken to showcase the work of women in tech, whether here at Zebra or more broadly across the industry? Wow, that's a really interesting statistic and a, it would be great to change that for the better. Um, I mean, you know, for, for any listeners out there, I saw online um, a, a famous woman in tech that I want to mention now. Um, if, if people that are listening want to look her up, her name is Whitney Wolf Hurd, and she's the CEO of Bumble. And she's the youngest woman to take a company public. And that was announced in the press very recently. So, you know, check her out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in terms of initiatives and what we've been doing, um, you know, we're very much focused on celebrating the women uh, in our network and celebrating, you know, their success stories. We use our Women's Inclusion Network as a platform Um, to really showcase their achievements. So we run things like events um, of different sizes. So we run small events, which we call coffee chats, where um, it's a bit more intimate and they're not recorded. So people feel they can be a bit more open, you know, and share a bit more. Um, We might pick on a specific topic or um, ask a specific Uh, one of our WIN members to talk about, you know, their experiences and and their life. Um, And then uh, the other kind of event we do is is just is much bigger, much broader. So we have things like um, uh, panels where um, we we have a a guest speaker uh, from somewhere in our organization. Uh, We had one recently actually to celebrate International Women's Day in EMEA. We did it jointly with our APAC team, and our guest speaker was um, the the only, uh, or the first, I should say, female sales director in EMEA. Uh, she's great mm-hmm. fun, lots of energy, um, so it was a really great event. And, and she shared her experiences. She's been in uh, tech for uh, as long as I have, I think, but in sales roles. Um, so she had some really fantastic stories and she talked about, you know, some of the women that have inspired her along the way. Um, and then, you know, I've talked a bit about what we do within Zebra. Externally, um, what we've been doing is connecting with other companies that are focused on STEM. Um, so there's one in the UK as an example called STEM Connect. Uh, and it focuses on a particular area in the UK, um, and it basically connects um, all of the tech companies in a particular area and the women's inclusion networks within those companies. So we've done joint events. Um, we've been guest speakers on uh, different kind of um, events and um, uh, panel uh, speaking opportunities and also participated in other Uh, companies events in that network. Um, We also celebrate our activities on on social media externally um, and and also by doing things like this, you know, recording podcasts and sharing them, I think is another way of showcasing the great work that uh, women are doing. Did you have a female role model growing up? Yep, absolutely. Uh, My grandmother 
Um, she was born in 1910. And I, it always amazes me to think about all the things that happened in her lifetime. Um, but she was always a very calm, very collected uh, woman. She had a huge uh, uh, family herself. And then I think it was about 15 grandchildren. And I was one of them. Um, and no matter how busy she was, um, she always um, made time for me, even if I turned up at the house unannounced. Um, you know, she was she was such a great mo role model in that way. And also a great um, uh, uh, supporter in me uh, in pursuing a career, um, you know, which was fantastic for someone in that generation. Mm hmm. Absolutely. What about now? Who do you turn to when you need career or even life advice? Well, I come from um, a large family. I'm one of four kids. So over the years, I've turned to them for advice and support. And especially from a career point of view, my father obviously was in sales and marketing. And also my brother was in tech sales as well. So I had some great go-to people that were very close to me. Um, I also have an incredible network of friends, both men and women from school, university, and also a lot of uh, people I've worked with over the years that I've stayed in touch with. So, you know, it's really great to have that. And I'm very lucky. Mm -hmm. Before I let you go, I wondered if you could tell us a bit about your personal passions. What brings you joy outside the office? Um, so a couple of things. Um, I'm from a, a quite a rural area uh, in the UK, a town called Belper, which is about 140 miles north of London. Um, and, you know, as, as a child, did a lot of outdoor pursuits. So I love hiking um, and recently completed a 630 mile uh, hike of the southwest coast of the UK. I just have to say that I didn't do it all at once. <laughs> so I did it with a couple of friends. Um, we did it over 11 years. And what we did was a little bit at a time each year. Um, so I really love that. I love the outdoors and especially a coast path walking. The second passion for me that my husband and I share is we volunteer for a charity called Hearing Dogs for the Deaf. Uh, and basically, we take care of the dogs whilst they're being trained to be life-changing assistance dogs for a deaf child or a deaf adult. It's great fun. I've met so many great people through that charity, and I've learned a lot about taking care of dogs. Um, and it's pretty easy. All we do is drop the a dog off in the morning at hearing dog school, pick them up in the evening, and then really treat them uh, as a pet in the evening and at weekends, but I absolutely love it. Oh, nice. That's inspiring. Becky, thank you so much. We appreciate all you're doing within Zebra Nation and your community, and we're looking forward to hearing more about the impact of your channel initiatives in the coming months. Thank you again for speaking with me today, Becky. Thank you, Therese. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in once again. You can find more insights from our women leaders on the Your Edge blog. I'm Therese Van Ryan, signing off until next time.